1: A lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact, I just went and did it.
0: Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by my pseudo-mom, John's blood mother, uh, Colleen Eames, who has spent more time with me than 99% of the humans on this planet, going through the ups and downs of life and taking me on many of the adventures that kind of got me excited about traveling in the first place. So I thought it'd be fun to bring her on and talk a little bit about life on the road as a young woman, and then also life as a retiree now in Nicaragua, and how she feels about her two sons doing what they've done over their lifetime and, and how they're doing it. So welcome to the show, Colleen.
1: Well, thank you. It's so mm-hmm. nice to be here with you again, Chapin.
0: <laughs> again, we have many conversations, you and I, and yeah. we always seem to finish up with a nice toast at the end of the night, which is uh, this is the life. We have our stogies and our little glass of wine somewhere in the world. and yeah, That's been a tradition for years. For years. I yeah. mean, you weren't serving us alcohol at 15, though, so only when we no. were, what, 21
1: yeah 21
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah thank you so much for coming on because you do have a perspective that I haven't had on the show yet with you know the mother of John who's had an exceptional life of travel who you inspired in many ways I know through your trips you took him on when he was a young man and a child and a young adolescent so before we get to that though can we just talk a little bit about you know your upbringing because you grew up in the Bay Area correct
1: yeah I grew up in Lafayette with my parents, and then they split up, and I was living with my father and okay. my sister. Yeah. So we had a nice. It was a nice life, you know. I had a, my own horse, and uh, and I love horses and horseback riding. So that got me out. I love the outdoors, and um, it was it was really nice.
0: That's cool. And story. then I always recall the story you tell. You've told many times, which is that eighteen, your dad gave you a one way ticket to Europe.
1: Yeah. Well. It was difficult because my father was raising us on his own, and it wasn't easy for him in hindsight at my age now. But when I was young, of course, I didn't understand where he was coming from. So things were a little bit rocky, and my sister was living in Rome at the time. So he thought it'd be best if I go live with my sister, so... He got me the ticket with my savings, <laughs> sent he me bought over. It with your savings? Yeah. And he didn't even look for a deal. But anyway, that got me over to Europe, and I was in Europe for five years. And um, it was really nice to travel, even though it wasn't easy all the time. But that's what got me out in the world.
0: Well, let's talk about that because, yeah, 18, getting a one way ticket, had you been anywhere before aside from Lafayette? Like, did you know what the world could be like?
1: Well, I, my, family lives in new york so i go back and forth so you've been
0: domestically a little bit around the country but
1: never never in europe so you know but it was right out of high school so i think i even was younger than 18 so and uh and then i went right directly to rome and uh lived with my sister for a while and then met friends and lived in denmark for a year and got odd jobs you know i worked at a hotel and i was au pair and uh And then I always, always had a savings. So I never let it get below $2,000, which was my cutoff. And then I was able to go places and not worry about having to work. So then I spent time in Greece and Switzerland and all over. It was really nice. I enjoyed it.
0: How are you finding these jobs? I mean... Back then, I'm assuming you could cross a border and you would get a, a new visa, for example, like three months you could stay in a different country. And like, how could you make that work?
1: Well, in Denmark, I had friends that were Danish that got me the job for SAS Hotel. And that wasn't a problem. But in Switzerland, I had to go to the hotel, get the permit and then go back to Denmark because they have all their different rules. But, but in Switzerland, I worked at uh, the Grand Hotel in Lausanne and, and, uh, I worked for this woman. She was like Hitler reincarnated. And it was really bad. It was a four-month contract, and after two months, we just didn't want to. I thought, you know, I'd ski in between work shifts. Well, we were working fifteen hours a day. She was a, a German, so what we decided, my friend who was from Canada, we we just couldn't couldn't do this anymore. So she rented a Volkswagen and uh, drove it up. And at midnight, we pushed everything out the windows and headed for the border in a in a winter snowy storm. And, uh, crossed the border and was like fleeing for our job, you know, away from our jobs. So that was, that was kind of dramatic. But at the time, you know, it was adventurous and fun. But, uh, you know, I was, I was glad to get out of that job. And then we went back down to Rome to stay with my sister and then went to Greece. So nothing was really planned, but it it was all an adventure. And you were up for all the adventures that came your way. Were you ever scared? Um, I don't remember ever being really scared because when you're young, it's an adventure. You aren't as scared. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyway, it was, it was, uh, five years of seeing Europe.
0: And then I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was a chance meeting of your future husband in Europe. Is that correct?
1: Well, yeah, it's just really interesting the tapestries of life and, you know, the, the paths you cross with people. So I was, uh, living in Greece for about five months and, uh, living with a family. I rented a room and I had a routine every day where I go to the beach in the morning and I go to the same beach first one on the bus. Cause I didn't party at night. So I got up really early and, uh, I go to the same beach and had a lunch at Nicoletta's was her name. She's the mother of two and a husband and it was the same routine. And so, and then I read and swim and, um, this man was walking in front of me with a pair of DVC shorts, uh, which is Diablo Valley College. And, you know, I thought, oh, I'm not going to say anything. But I then I pa- pass all the way. And then I thought, oh, I should say something. And, and I said, excuse me, are you from Lafayette? And he walked over and said, are you Colleen? And what it was is I was in his brother's English class in high school. And he was the oldest of nine. So I used to go to his house, but there were so many kids I didn't remember him. And But he has a great memory, so he remembered me. So that's how I met John's father. And and you would think it would have been forever the way we met, but (laughs) life doesn't work that way. But anyway, that's how I met John's dad.
0: And you had some incredible adventures with John's father as well, if that's correct. Well,
1: he's a traveler too. So when we were married, we sold everything, and we were on our honeymoon. We were going to go around the world, so we were in... Europe for 17 months, and we were going to travel around the world. And we went through um, Istanbul and Tehran and Kabul, and uh, we we got a little bit further, but then we, we both got terribly ill, mm-hmm. and we decided to go back to uh, Italy because it was too difficult. But that was in 1971, and the Shah was in power at that time.
0: Yeah, let's give the listeners some perspective on what you just said, because... Sometimes people don't know capital cities. So what you did was you guys took buses or you hitchhiked from no, Europe well, to the Middle we, East.
1: Europe, we hitchhiked and it was all wonderful experiences. You know, mm-hmm. it was safe, but from Istanbul in Turkey, we took buses and uh,
0: going towards the Middle East. Yeah. To Afghanistan. Yeah. And this is 671, you said? It's in seventy one. Seventy one. What was that like going to Afghanistan? Well, in 71?
1: you know, it was. I have to say, out of all my travels, it was the most uncomfortable, and I didn't enjoy it at all because that part of the world—it's like going back two hundred years. The the capitals are the, like Tehran's very modernized, and there was nothing wrong. But if you go fifty miles outside the capital, it's it's like going back in time, and and they treated the women badly, and the animals, and the children, and uh, I wasn't happy at all. Where Bob, John's father, it seemed to me he never saw these things. All he saw were the turbans. and But I was making eye contact with all these people that were suffering. So, you know, was, I, I tend to do that. I tend to, you know, feel for anything that's hurting or mm-hmm. not being treated well. So for me, it was a really, really difficult trip. And uh, you, we got as far, we went through Tehran in Iran, and then we went to, Kandahar in uh, Afghanistan. And then we went to Kabul, which is the capital of Afghanistan. And, uh, and that's when we both got very sick. Like stomach. Yeah. It was, it was amoebic dysentery. And we were, we were staying in a hotel and I had to wake up the manager in the middle of the night. And Bob, he wasn't coherent. His eyes were rolling back and we had to literally carry him, both of us to the taxi to the hospital. And, uh, of course they knew exactly what it was. And then had pills and went back to the hotel. And then I got the same thing, you know, a day later. So, And it was so terrible, he, even, he decided, well, we aren't going to go any further. So we're going to go back. And we met this other Italian man, young man, and he was the color of a lemon. He was very sick. So we took him back to his mother in Vicenza, which is near Venice, Italy. And she thought we were two angels bringing her son back. So... Every time we went to Europe after that, we visited her and she cooked for us. And so it was, it was an adventure. Another I love <laughs> it
0: because this is so reminiscent of the conversation I had with John in episode uh, 28 or 27, I believe, where he talked about hitchhiking and, you know, always staying open and people taking him home. And it sounds like, I mean, that's just exactly what he took from either the stories that you told him as yeah. a young man growing up or uh, what his father told him. So I didn't like hitchhiking, never have. It's not easy. It's not easy. How did you feel about it? I mean, was with you were always with Bob or were you hitchhiking by yourself at times?
1: Oh, I never hitchhiked by myself. I was always with Bob and, uh, you know, because he, he's a big, tall, strong man. So I always felt safe but it, it's not my way of traveling but that's what he, you know he planned out he wanted to do so i went along with it
0: and i tried to bring it out more with john but i mean bob's a pretty extreme traveler would he's, you say that he's
1: into extreme discomfort yeah. whenever we traveled we had to go the extra mile or we had to go over the next hill i mean it was always it was always exhausting we didn't eat for 3 days once You know, I mean, it was always too extreme.
0: What happened when you finally got some food?
1: I threw it up because I hadn't eaten three days. It was goulash in Yugoslavia. (laughs) I'll never forget. I was, I ate it too fast. Maybe I don't know. You know, so it was, Mm -hmm. and I, and of course I got mad at him Mm -hmm. because it was his fault. (laughs) So what
0: kind of budget were you using back then?
1: Oh, we were it. We lived on very little. Very little. Can
0: you give me a number, maybe like we think five dollars a day less?
1: It, it, no, it was like ten, ten dollars. But what what we would do is we would get a hotel every third day, you know, so we could wash and wash our clothes. So you're camping. We were camping. We camped in the snow in Germany, you know. So what was that like? It was very cold. <laughs> Very comfortable for Bob because he'd roll over on me. <laughs> so I was the mattress, you know, but it was, I, I look back at that part of my life and I can't believe I did that or how, how did I do that?
0: Are they fine, fond memories? Do you, do you know,
1: it, it, it's really funny because you forget all the uncomfortable times and you, it's, that's usually what happens. You forget about the bad times and because there weren't as many bad times as good times. It was, you know, it was—it's a balance. You know, but we had some great times. So my my memories now are fond memories. But even when we were back in the states, we would go camping up in, uh, in Yosemite, and it was always switchbacks where nobody was. So it's uh you know, it was always kind of extreme with with Bob kayaking in the bay. You know, out to out to Alcatraz, January first. You know, to to spot the swimmers that come in. But it was it was always to the extreme, it seemed.
0: You always had a, a fond sort of feeling for Europe. And oh, I love Europe. Growing up, I remember you would take John there for the summers.
1: I was really fortunate because I worked for the school system, so I had summers off. So uh, when John, when he was, I think, 13, I didn't travel much, and I thought, well, now that he's 13 or 12, we're going to start traveling every summer. So every summer I planned a trip. And we we went to Luthra uh, off of the Florida, the islands. We went there one summer, and then the other summers we went to Europe. And because uh, he didn't know me any other time, he thought I was always at the kitchen sink cleaning and cooking. And so I took him to all the places I lived.
0: And he, he traveled pretty hard with him as well. I mean, you weren't necessarily staying in posh hotels. You you guys.
1: Oh yeah, it was always budget hotels, but they're, they're really nice. And I tried to go back to the same places as I stayed with. His father, you know, so you could see where we were at. In fact, one trip we went to Greece and we went to Brindisi. And what's interesting is I remember it being easy, uh, the way I traveled with Bob. So I took John and I, we went to Brindisi. And we were going to take a, a boat over towards Athens. And I, and I said, Oh, we, we camped out on top of the boat. We can do that. And then. I realized I'm really way too old for this. John was having a wonderful time. Everybody was up all night. I was freezing, no sleep, but uh but you know that's temporary. You know, it'll pass and the sun'll come up the next morning. So, we ended up going to Mykonos where I met his father, and it just so happened John was 16. It was his birthday and we had dinner at the very the Pelican Restaurant, which was the very first restaurant I had dinner with his father. So I told John he was just a little spirit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, just up in the air, you know. So
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. A nice little romantic story.
1: Yeah, it was nice.
0: So, you know, with all the experiences that you've had and, and the places you've been and the exposure you gave John, do you think knowing where he's at now, like... Would you recommend that to parents? <laughs> Would you say that it's good to take, take your kids out and show them the world in the way that you showed them? Are you happy with the, the adventures that John has had up until this point?
1: I, I think it's really wonderful because I think, you know, it's life is really short. And uh, I know we're programmed to, uh, you know, which is education is really important to go to college and get an education, get a career. And that's okay for some people. But it's not okay for a lot of people. And then they put all their, the money and time and effort into that only to find out that this isn't really what they wanted. So I think it's important to do a lot of traveling to give you the, the option of, you know, what would work for you, either a real conservative lifestyle or, or you want to be what they say is a free spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's what really makes you happy.
0: Did you ever have any desire to live abroad? I know you lived in Europe for five years, but were you always interested in going back to the states and trying to make a life for yourself there and have a family? And
1: well, you know, it's it's it, what happens when you have children too. You, you sometimes you don't have a choice, and you've got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, John's father was always good to me and uh, took really good care of us. But uh, you know, the kids go to school, so you're really kind of. You know, if you want a conventional life, they go to school. And I think that's important, you know, because I think it's important for children to have, you know, a social life in school, but everybody can do it differently. Personally, I, I like it when they go to school, mm-hmm. conventional school, but, uh, but you know, you can make a life in any, any other country too, and, and find a, a school like we did with my granddaughter, Anisha, She goes to a wonderful private school. And uh, here in Nicaragua.
0: Yeah, let's bring everybody up to speed. So now you're retired here living in Nicaragua part time, you know, with John and your granddaughters. And what's it like? And, and how are you adjusting? Do you love it? Do you wish everything was different?
1: Well, th- sometimes I think, oh, I wish John was right down the street in California. As I'm packing my bags mm-hmm. to go to the airport to stand in line. But once I get here, I really love it here too. And, and I love it at home too. At home, it's very convenient, very comfortable. And I've got a lovely home with a beautiful view. I mean, it's really nice here. It's a little rustic. I sweat all day. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's alive, you know, and there's people and there's a community. And, uh, I, I think between the two, I really like it. Hear better,
0: just because you feel more alive, even though you are discom. It's it's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, there's it's, just uh, you know at at home it's it's my sister can't understand why I I come here all the time. She says enjoy your home, at home, and it's me and my cat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's it's uh, it's nice here because especially where John is, you meet so many interesting people, and I love young people. I like being around young people. You know, it's, it's fun for me to sit and listen to their stories and, and what where they're from. I mm. mean, I really am intrigued by everybody's life and what they're doing. So I enjoy it. And I like to go home and rest, rest up, clean up, yeah. soak in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah,
0: get the conveniences that yeah. America offers. Yeah. So then a daily t- a routine here for you would be what? What's a normal daily routine for you?
1: Well, I enjoy swimming in the ocean. I like sw- swimming if, if I can do it every morning. And, uh, and I go down and have coffee before I swim and say good morning to everybody and all the workers. It's always, they're always smiling. It's always sweet. And then I do a lot of, uh, driving back and forth with my granddaughter, getting her to school and picking her up. And then, and then I know a lot of people over where she lives with her mother half the week so I've made friends with a lot of those people who are friends sometimes with my very good friends in California. Talk about it, you know, paths across. So, so it's, 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 the days go by fast. Days go by really fast.
0: It's really cool. So you've known me since I was two. I know. I know John and I have been friends for a long, long time and you've seen everything we've ever done, everything we've gone through. Are you proud of us?
1: I, I've never, I'm so proud and I love you both.
0: We we love you too. It's just awesome (laughs) having you around in the environment that we love so much, getting to do the things that we love. Um, You know, I let people kind of plug, we call it at the end of a show, something that they want to plug, whether it's your son's company or something that you love. Is there anything that you'd like to plug before we kind of sign off?
1: Well, I'm just, to me, it can, couldn't be more perfect because You're here now. (laughs) And John's here now. It's like my two favorite people in my whole life. So
0: Well, we love you. And then for all the all the listeners out there, would you have anything that you want to tell them like to to get out there and do it or any any wise words that you can impart?
1: It's uh I think you you know, life is is kind of short and I think you should go out there and try everything before you settle for something you know, and it's not all it's going to be comfortable all the time and it's going to be difficult, but it's going to open up a whole world for you. And it, and it won't be a narrow, it'll be the whole world. And I think that's really important to I see. Agree.
0: I agree. Thank you so much, Colleen. I love you for coming on the show and doing this with me.
1: Well, thank you, Chapin anytime.
0: Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out spread your wings and try something new to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one but when in fact it's the perfect one for you and I'll see you next time